This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com/bookstacked. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yes, that includes your favorites like The Hunger Games, Divergent, and Harry Potter. That's audibletrial.com/bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Bookmarks, the Young Adult Book Podcast, brought to you by Bookstacks.com. This is episode 15, and episode 15 is all about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. We've read the script, so now what do we think of it? We've got all of that coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. I have a dream that someday we'll be able to do this without technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Would it? <laughs> Honestly, I just wonder if like all the other podcasts have these issues. I don't know. Let's just say they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Okay, well, let's go ahead and start. So, thank you, everybody. Welcome to Bookmarked. Welcome to our cursed child episode. I have a feeling my phone's going to just keep falling over. <laughs> this entire episode.、Um, first off, apologies if the audio quality is bad because I'm calling in through my phone because my computer hates me right now.、Um, like we said, we can never really get through these things without technical difficulties. So,、um, but yeah, my name is Saul, and then we have. Hi, I'm Addie. I'm Michael. I'm Mary. Awesome. So yeah, that's our panel today.、Um, again, we've all been here on the show. Um, before we get into Cursed Child, because that is what this entire episode is going to be about,、um, if you like the show, be sure to rate us and review us on iTunes.、Um, when you do that, you help other people find our show, which then of course helps us out.、Um, so we would really appreciate it if you go on iTunes and you leave us a little review and you like the review or you leave a rating as well.、Um, also, subscribe to us on iTunes and. Um, we are now also available in the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. So if you normally subscribe and listen to podcasts using any of those two services, we are now there. Sorry, it took so long to get there.、Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and we're just gonna go dive right into Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. There is so much to talk about、um, with this play, and I think we all have like. Really strong feelings about it. <laughs>、um, so yeah. Before going any further, though, we do need to say, like, there are going to be spoilers in this episode.、Um, we're not holding back. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to talk about the characters and what happened. So if you have not yet read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child or seen it,、um, come back later to this episode,、um, or unless you want to get everything spoiled for you, which I would advise you not to. I think it's better to just go ahead and. And read it yourself or watch it. But anyway,、um, yeah, there's your spoiler warning. There are going to be spoilers. So I guess first off, did anybody go to a midnight release party? Because it, it kind of sounded like a couple of us did. Yeah, I did. I did. I didn't. No, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I watched did... on Twitter. I really wish I had now because everyone looked like they were having such a good time. <laughs> no, I didn't watch that on the internet. Did they have any where you were at? I'm sure they definitely had some in the UK, right? Yeah, they definitely, the UK, right? definitely did. I think more or less every Waterstones across the UK was open. I seen even like smaller ones that just were open and were sold out. So I could have gone, but I just didn't. Right. Understandable. For and Mary and Addie, was this your first one, or how did you go to like the older ones with Deathly Hallows and stuff? Um. I went 
to kind of at Deathly Hallows. When I went to the midnight release, there wasn't really any a party, but that was basically it. This was my first time going to one. My mom never let me do anything Harry Potter when I was a kid, so. <laughs> and so how was it getting the uh, Harry Potter midnight treatment? It was pretty cool. Um, they give us little pins. I know the the listeners can't see it, but I know you guys can. Cause, um... That is nice. Cool. It's a nice big old pin badge that says, did it say meet Harry Potter? Yeah, with the, with the, uh, the drawing from the first book, from the original, from the original Cover. illustration editions. And then, like, when you checked out in your bag, they gave you, like, a, a, like, a Harry Potter scar tattoo, and they asked you what house you were in. Oh. Uh-huh. Like, a magnet. That uh, is that's legit. A one. <laughs> Wait, where did you guys go? Where were your parties hosted? Barnes and Noble. Okay, I went to Barnes and Noble. They didn't have any of that stuff. What are we <laughs> Chicago! <laughs> and, and then when we got in, they gave you, like, a wristband to, if you wanted to buy the book, like, right. see for the festivities. And they gave you the wristband, and then they gave you a poster. Like, uh, they gave us a map of the store <laughs> for a scavenger hunt, because they had snitches and dragon eggs. Oh, uh, that's cool. Across the store. And you got raffle tickets. For like Harry Potter merch, like that shirts and like a couple of like tumblers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I know all Barnes and Nobles were having uh, this contest thing where you could get like the like lithographs of the original covers. Oh yeah. And then uh, I think it was only for the midnight release. There was a raffle for like four hours where they uh, you put your name in to try and win a Time Turner necklace. Yeah, yeah. We did have a Time Turner raffle. So. I know some. I know some stores gave them out that night. My store said they were gonna call next week, so my phone's been glued to my hand this entire time. <laughs> Man, you guys sound like you got a better deal than me. I don't know. I got there and it was like they had a few stations of things you could go do. I wanted yeah. to like build a wand, so we go over there and it's just like straws. Well, oh, see, we had we had built edible wands. That still sounds kind of cool. I don't know. And then. I, I, Activity sheets from the different houses, and we had that. You yeah. could be sorted, and um, there was a Horcrux hunt and fortune telling, and cool. what? The Horcrux hunt? That sounds cool. Oh yeah, that that was hard. Some of it, like, because you had to find Harry, but it was like this little popped figure, like <laughs> on like the top of this like sw- like um this like hanging sign and it was just like you couldn't find him or the diadem and like, half the things I, you couldn't even find. <laughs> I did want to ask, did they have like the 60 second countdown to when it was released at your party? No. They didn't? Wow. Okay. No, we had a 10 second countdown. Okay, but that's still better than nothing because when I did, I went to a half Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows party when I was younger and at 60 seconds, the entire store started counting down, and it was just, like, really crazy. And this time, they were like, nobody even realized it was midnight, and they were like, they just said over the intercom, they're like, oh, it's midnight, everybody start lining up, and it was just kind of like... They grouped us, they grouped us up in, uh, by wristband building, and right. then um, they had us line up at 11. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, while we were there, um, I guess... Um, I guess the, the 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 workers were having some contests between them. They're like, "Oh, who's a Hufflepuff? Who's this? Who's that?" Like, "Oh, you know, what house are you in for the American schools?" Or like, "Well, we were in line." Like, they were just like trying to outdo each other. And, <laughs> like, he was like, "If you're a Hufflepuff, raise your hand." And nobody knew why, but all the Hufflepuffs, including myself, because I've been sorted into both Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, so he's like, "Okay, you guys get extra raffle tickets." <laughs> It was, I think, up to, like, the 30-second mark before midnight, they were going up, like, asking trivia questions, just handing out, like, bookmarks and, like, pencils, I think, just, like, tiny little kitty prizes. Oh. Yeah. How we knew it was, was uh, like, near midnight, it was just, um, they opened the big box of books, and everybody screamed as soon as, like, the guy held up the first copy. <laughs> See, that sounds exciting. 
Like like I said with mine, it was just so anticlimactic. I don't know. But anyway, it sounds like we all had a good time, though. I still had a good time, you know, being with friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, but so let's go ahead and move on to the actual cursed child. Um, Can I make you feel any more bad that you're starting? <laughs> <laughs> right. I should have gone to an independent bookstore. I wanted to go to an independent bookstore in Salt Lake City, um, the King's English. They're really awesome over there, but I, I just couldn't make it out there, unfortunately. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I know, um, I think it's towards the end of this month on a weekend, they're having, like, this, like, nationwide trivia thing at different pubs across the country for Harry, it's all just, it's just Harry Potter related, and it's all in the books, I think. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there is one in Chicago. Geeky I, stuff. I can't remember what it's called, but... Well, that might be something I need to check out, then. <laughs> <laughs> to make up for it. <laughs> but anyway, we got our books at midnight. I guess Michael got it in the morning, I'm assuming. Yeah, I got it the next afternoon. And then I was saying to Mary before we came on that about an hour after it got delivered to my house, I had to go out and spend like, the whole day out of the house without the book. Oh, that's so, frustrating. Yeah, I didn't actually get to. Everyone had finished it pretty much by the time that I had really managed to pick it up. Right. Well, anyway, we got the books. We got the book. We read it. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Overall thoughts. Did you like it? Yes or no? Why or why not? And I'm kind of curious, you know, how many stars would you give this on a scale of one to five? Like if you're going on Goodreads and give it a rating, what would you give it? So, uh, Michael, why don't we start with you? Um, I don't know. This is a simple question, but I really don't know how to answer. Like, there was so much that I did like, but also so much that, like, in retrospect, I didn't. So, like, I'm really struggling to say, like, I liked it or not. But I think overall, as I was reading it, I would be lying if I said that I, I didn't love it. But uh, in saying that, I've still not rated it on Goodreads. Like I've, I marked it as red, but I, I'm too scared to give it a star rating because, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, it's a difficult sort of situation. I'll probably I'll give it a few more weeks before I actually decide. <laughs> that sounds fair. Sometime later, thinking. What about you, Mary? Um, I liked it. Of course, there were some parts that were just like, don't understand this, don't like, this was just weird. I gave it a five just purely because it was Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really bad, but like, it's Harry Potter. Um, But I liked it. It was a nice read. It was a quick read. And Addie? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was I mean, I went in, you know, it's not a book. So I think I enjoyed it more because I'm like, I kind of like went into it realizing that it was a script of something that should be seen and not read. So I liked it. I thought it was funny. I mean, some of the twists were kind of like, wait, what just happened? And I definitely had to do like, go back and read some things a couple of times so I can get like fully understand it. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was, um, I cried. So there's that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it, honestly. Uh, if I had to give it a star rating on Goodreads, I'd probably give it like a 4.5. Because, I mean, it did have, you know, some kind of like, wait, what kind of moments that just didn't make sense. But overall, it was a good book. I feel like, um, just like, I, I really did love it and I really did enjoy reading it. But there are so many things that, like, bothered me about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up giving it four stars. I think I'm being probably generous. I have to be completely honest. Right. Like, in my mind, it probably deserves more like three, maybe two. <laughs> um, but because it was Harry Potter, and like I really did legitimately have a good time reading it. That was the that's the big thing, yeah. and that's what kind of makes it difficult. Um, because I mean, when we read a book, we're reading it for enjoyment, right? Where we're reading okay. to get something out of it. I did get something out of this, and that was just, like, a really nice sense of nostalgia and enjoyment, and so, like, I feel like I have to give it credit for that, mm-hmm. but as for the content itself, I, oh, man, I, I'm I'm left disappointed, I think is probably the appropriate word for me, but let's go ahead and start with what we liked about The Cursed Child, the things that were good. Um, 
And may, why not start with Albus and Scorpius? Because um, they're, oh, yeah. they're the stars of this show. And are we all in agreement that we all liked Albus and Scorpius? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. I have to say, I liked Scorpius a bit more than I actually liked Albus. Me too. Oh, yeah. I why, why is that, though? I feel because he, cause I feel like he's, I mean, he's just such a contrast. I mean, Scorpius is a contrast to his dad, where his dad was all, like, you know, broody, and I'm like, I rule or whatever. Like, he was very kind of stuck up-ish, and that sort of changed towards the end. Scorpius kind of just, like, takes... I don't know, he's, like, a bit more cautious, and, like, he doesn't let his fear show, but it's kind of, like, he doesn't, he, like, it shows, like, but with humor, and it's funny. I think there was a line where he goes, um, something about, like, I can't remember what it was, something about, like, fear, or, like, I think it was, like, when they jump off the train, and he's he's trying to talk Albus out of it, and he says some, some, some sarcastic comment that I just laughed at so hard. Something about, like, oh, you know, like, jumping isn't, you know, dangerous for your life at all or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's constantly, like, trying to be supportive of Albus, but at the same time, like, should we really be doing this? <laughs> 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 no, it's like, he's like, I'm your friend and all, but I kind of want to live. Yeah. 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 I was going to say as well, I think one of my favorite parts about it is, and I'm guessing this is going to be the first big spoiler, so once again, spoiler alert, is that the two main characters were Slytherins. And yeah. neither of them were evil. That's a great point. That's yeah. one of my favorite because you know the whole original seven books. You know most of the Slytherin characters were like, oh, we're the evil ones. We're gonna kill everyone or whatever. But in this, they were just two, you know, good Slytherin characters, and they were the main focus. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. I feel like they were probably trying to make a point with that too. You know, just it's just like what you said because I mean the. The way people perceive Slytherin is kind of being the bad guys and the villains. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the movie did more of a disservice to Slytherins than the books. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, like you said, like we have two pretty great Slytherins, and Scorpius, just in particular, is just so hilarious. I don't know. He was such a nerd and a geek. I felt like he was like yeah. one of us, you know, as like a fan. Yeah. He was just so into this. Who said there was two of them? Like, he and, like, Scorpius and Hermione were like, yes, at the same time. With little... And Ron. It was yes. Ron. Yes. There's two of them! <laughs> that was one of the best lines, I think, in the play. Yes. But um, I know somebody else put down Rose here under characters. I liked Rose. You liked Rose? What did you I like about Rose. Rose? Um... I just felt like I love Hermione, and she was basically almost like a carbon copy of Hermione, I felt. Um, (laughs) But I felt just that she was kind of a strong character, and she had some good lines, too, like at the end when she was looking at Scorpius, like, you're only going to make this awkward. What was it? It was like, this is only going to be awkward if you make it. Like, (laughs) Yeah, Rose wasn't really my favorite. I feel like she was almost, like, a little bit, like, towards the beginning of the book, um, almost like a female version of Drago, kind of, like, snobby, just <laughs> prejudiced towards Scorpius because he was a Malfoy, the same way Malfoy as a kid was prejudiced towards Ron because he was a Weasley. But I think, like, I see that you sort of see it, like, change a little bit towards the end. And I like about, about Scorpius. He's like, we're getting there. Like, she's like, she doesn't, like, turn away at him or whatever. And he's like, progress. <laughs> it was so adorable. Like, yes. I do have to say, I agree. Like, I can see Hermione in Rose. And I felt like I could see Ron in Rose as well. Like, she was, like, this nice blend. Because yeah. Ron, especially in the early books, is so, like, worried about his own self-image, sort of, and how he's perceived. Yeah. Like, he wants to be popular. And he wants people to, like, recognize him. You know, like, when he's, like, in the Mirror of Erised and stuff, like, that's what he pictures. And Rose kind of had that, too. Like, she was very conscious about the way she wanted people to perceive her. But at the same time, she she went about it in a very Hermione-ish way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I liked the mix between them. I think my biggest deal with Rose was I was expecting more of her. Yeah, and that's something I'm surprised by, that she's really not in a lot of it. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like they made a big deal out of her, like, bleeding up to the play. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of disappointing to see her, like, three lines in every, yeah. like, act. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, she gets written out of existence at one point, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so does Albus, though. Yeah. 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 More, but more yeah. <laughs> I was I was kind of ex- I was hoping to because like they kind of set it up where you know she was kind of not very nice to to Scorpius, and I was kind of hoping she'd have like this character arc where she'd kind of come to terms. And I think mm-hmm. at the end she's you can kind of see it. Like, yeah, like, when he uh-huh. talks to her, isn't she, like, walk away smiling or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the ice breaks. Right. Like, yeah. so you can like, tell, like, you know. she's about to change, but I just wish they had been a little bit more. And it sort of parallels, like, Lily and James. When right. They, exactly. When they were kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hogwarts. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that was, like, a coincidence or, like, intentional, but. Anything else that just kind of stuck out to everyone as far as what was really good about this play? I liked seeing uh, the... Um, you know, with the weird time travel stuff, um, when Scorpius and Albus go to, like, the Triwizard Tournament, and it's, like, you hear, like, Ludo Bagman's, like, commentaries, like, right. oh, <laughs> words, oh, for Lobaton. And they're like, eh, he's like, we're getting there. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was, like, a good, um, a good way to, like, insert some of, like, comedy into, like, this darkish kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And, like, that particular particular actor scene. I really like that. I was just going to say, like, another puzzle, just a lot of the nostalgia in it. Right. Like, that's just a lot of, you know, you see all your favourite characters again, and uh, I mean, I think maybe it relied a little too much on nostalgia at some points, yeah. but mm-hmm. I mean, it was just great to, to read it sort of in that. Even with all of its bad points, I mean, I... When I closed the book, I literally like sat for about five minutes, just like smiling, and be like, yeah. "I'm at peace." Like with the way, you know, as weird as it was, the way it mm-hmm. ended, like it's like it's finally come full circle. Yeah. I actually really liked that last scene as well. So the last yes idea mm-hmm. where Harry says that he goes to Cedric's grave to apologize. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I thought that was a really nice uh, touching way to end it. And you guys, like Addy, you just brought up the Travis tournament, and Michael, you brought nostalgia. I feel like that was one of the things that I liked, and I know a lot of people were kind of bothered that they went to the Triwizard Tournament, but honestly, like, there was something kind of nice about revisiting it, and it kind of just felt like a nice, like, throwback to what the high points of the actual Harry Potter series, and, like, kind of going back and checking them out and seeing them again, so I, while I really wasn't a fan of the whole alternate reality time-jumping plot, which is mm-hmm. basically the entire story. I was still happy to go back, and I think it must have gone back to that nostalgic thing that Michael was just talking about, you know, and yeah. seeing like Ludo Bagman, because you can't really get enough of that guy. He's hilarious. Yeah, it also like gives us a different, like a, a small but different perspective. Like, oh, like if we were like a, a normal non Harry Potter associated student at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what we would be seeing, you know? Right. During the commentary or, you know. But I like that a bit, too. How I was like, oh, you know, because all, all the novels are from Harry's point of view, you know. Mm-hmm. Seeing it from, like, a, a quote-unquote normal student's point of view. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Right. Did anyone have, like, a favorite scene that they really liked? Um, can't really think of like individual scenes now. I know mine, and it was for me the best, the absolute best little moment in the play, and it was Hagrid coming in and talking oh, to little yeah. baby Harry. Oh, oh that, yeah! I cried. I, well, yeah, wow. that was me. I was sitting there just like, oh man, this is this is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I yeah. felt like, as far as like high points and positives, you know, when it came to like. And I wrote this in my review. Um, I wrote the review on Bookstacked, and I felt like as ridiculous as a story as this was, it really had, like, the spirit and the soul of Harry Potter. Yeah. It it touched on love. It touched on Mm -hmm. friendship. And, like, it... I mean, as weird as... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, Like, I'm looking at the book right now, and, like, like you're saying, it kept with the spirit of the book. I mean, and even as ridiculous as a whole time-traveling trope was overused, like, you still had, you know, things that make Harry Potter Harry Potter, like mm-hmm. McGonagall just going off on Scorpius. Oh, yeah. Like, that is, like, if I, if, I mean, if you, like, gave this to me, like, in the, just put out the, you know, Professor McGonagall says, and I read it, I would think I was reading, you know, 
a, like a paragraph from the novels and not the play. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like so right. spot on. Right, and I just feel like, like for the most part, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why we like all left still kind of feeling good, even though we knew we just had experienced something ridiculous. It was just like it, it, it harkened back to what to the core themes and values of the Harry Potter yeah. series. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated it for that. So Yeah. Yeah. We just want to take a break to remind our listeners that this episode of Bookmarked is being brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is your leading provider for audiobooks. You can get any audiobook you want for free when you start a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Um, we're talking about Harry Potter in this episode, and so obviously we have to recommend the Harry Potter series Read by Jim Dale in America and Stephen Fry in the UK. I've personally listened to both of these versions, both the American and UK versions. They are fantastic. So if you want to pick up any one of the Harry Potter books for free as an audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstack to start your free 30-day trial and support the show. Unfortunately, there, there were some crazy stuff. <laughs> there was oh, some yeah. crazy stuff in this play. Um, so where do we want to start um, as far as, like, what went wrong? I don't know. I feel like the the time-traveling thing was good. I just feel like they overused it so much. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like three or four times, or if not more. And they kept messing it up. And, and I'm just like... Okay, um, I was like, wait, are we? I was like, where are we again? I'm just like, okay, yeah. Voldemort. I'm like, wait, okay, what? I feel like if they if they'd used it less and developed like, you know, time travel problem one and developed that world a little bit, yeah. and then was try to fix it and just do it a second time, it would have been not as crazy. Yeah. But but over and over and over and over, and I think that was sort of my biggest issue with the book. Yeah, I feel like the first time, the first time they'd done the time travel, or like it started to kind of be mentioned, you kind of thought, okay, this is interesting. Let's mm-hmm. let's see where this goes. This will be fun. But then after like yeah. four or five times, it's like, how has they not realised this is a bad idea? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, you keep writing people out of existence. You keep messing stuff up. You like Voldemort right. and like control the world in one of these realities, and it's like just stop doing it. Just calm down. Yeah, and there was like was that one thing where like it's like a weird saying, but it's like we're in the alternate reality where Voldemort is like Lord of all. It's and, like it's like some like greeting and oh, like yeah. good Voldemort, Voldemort and Valor. Oh, oh yeah, there's a hand gesture that goes with it. And um, <laughs> you guys remember? So the listeners don't realize this. We tried to do a Cursed Child podcast um a month ago. Um, and I had a friend who had actually, who's actually seen the play twice. She saw it twice in London and she twice. came and told us about her experience. Oh, wow. Um, there were so many technical issues with that podcast. Oh. It became very hard to edit and I never got around to doing it. Um, so that's a lost episode, I guess. We have a secret <laughs> lost episode, episode 15A. I don't know. Anyway, she was on the show. Um, so you guys, Addie and Michael, you talked to her, but she was talking to me and there's a whole little, uh, um, yeah, there's a hand gesture that they use when they say it for Voldemort and Valor. And yeah. I can show you guys on the camera. I don't know how to explain this, like, on the podcast. <laughs> Basically, you cross you cross your wrist like this, and you kind of flip it over. So you're kind of crossing your wrist to make an yeah. X with your arms, and then you flip it over. So does it matter, like, which hand is... I'm not sure. Maybe. All I know is it just goes, like, for Voldemort and Valor. And you kind of flip it. Uh, okay, so basically, you, like, you just like cross your arms. You know, you can just do it on like you can just like, put it on the Instagram to like promote the podcast. Yeah. Like, what we're talking about <laughs> on the Instagram. Yeah, just my hands going back and do forth. A video, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just that. You want to know what this is about? Listen to the podcast. <laughs> All right. But basically, like, and, and the funny thing is, now when people are like, what Pokemon Go team are you on? I just go, for Voldemort and Valor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really interesting. And I think the whole thing for me was, like, when they start going into time travel, 
like in my mind, like when I saw that they were gonna do that, I was like, okay, you're 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 gonna go there, like you really want to do that? Okay, fine. And but the thing I wasn't expecting was I wasn't expecting these alternate realities, and yeah. that's what really rubbed me the wrong way. Like maybe yeah. I could have like, maybe I could have looked past like you know going back in time, kind of like what Harry and Hermione did in Prisoner of Azkaban, you know. But like when they started doing like these alternate reality type of things, yeah. that was just really weird for me. But yeah. I, I feel like, like, uh, I mean, I don't know if the writers meant to have it this way, but I mean, I feel like it was very, very, like, briefly touched upon, and then, but not enough that the readers, you know, would keep it in mind that the, the fact that the time turner they have is, like, sort of like a homemade one that's not like the original ones that's, that were made by the ministry. Yeah. So, like, anything can happen. And I feel like that was, I feel like maybe that was what the, what the, um, what the screenwriter, the playwriters wanted to be like the explanation as to you know why the alternate realities are happening, yeah. and and that is that's why like the like the amount of changes were so exponential. But I feel like it, like it was just touched upon very briefly, like maybe like once or twice. Like mm-hmm. I think when like Hermione confronts Harry about it, and then Scorpius tells Albus, or Albus tells, tells Scorpius, something like that. It was like just very briefly touched upon. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of the things that bothered me too were um, some of the characters, particularly the old characters, they felt a little off in certain points. Ron. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about Ron. And I think the biggest issue I saw was he really doesn't contribute to the plot at all. No. He just, like, made him, like, so, like, wishy-washy. Like, I'm here just because I was a part of the original trio and I have to be here because I'm, you know... Mm. Ron. <laughs> yeah. I seen someone put in a review as well that they've kind of based Ron in this book off of the movie Ron rather than yeah. Ron. Uh, like, like completely the comedy relief character. And that's like, that's what it felt like. And like Ron in the books is funny. Yeah. Um but he's still active like in the story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, Harry obviously has a big role in this because it's partially his story as well. Um, and then Hermione, she gets a pretty decent role too. I mean, she's like Minister for Magic now. Yeah. She's pretty awesome. But Ron just doesn't do anything, and that yeah. I think that's what kind of made everybody really disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Even when like the so-called comic relief that you know Chris Child Ron was supposed to get, I feel like it wasn't like really like funny. It was just like like they made him say this line, but the way they written the character was so flat that it didn't come out as funny. Yeah. And that might be one of those things that maybe comes out better when you watch the play with the actor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with delivery. Obviously, but... it might be different, but just like reading it, it just kind of made me feel sad for Ron. Right. Oh, yeah. But I think the big one <laughs> for me, and a lot of people have mentioned this, and I've like talking to my friends, they brought this up too, like, Cedric, what? That was just like, no. What the heck? So basically, he gets embarrassed and he becomes evil and kills Neville Longbottom. That, yeah. what? Yeah, that makes no. That that one, I was just like, wait, what? I'm like, what? granted, we you know we don't see a lot of Cedric, you know, in the films up to like uh, Goblet of Fire, and then like mm-hmm. get a few paragraphs every now and then in the books about Cedric. Like, it was enough to give us a sense that, you know, he wasn't that kind of person. Right. But this is an alternate reality, though, if you have to think about it. I just can't help but, like, wonder what is the line? Like, how does he go from being embarrassed to, like, Death Eater to, like, killing Neville Longbottom? (laughs) Wasn't it like he floated away? With the bubble charm? Like, oh, I, know, yeah. I know what they did to embarrass him. I just don't understand, like, what is going through Cedric's head that he becomes, like, he becomes so embarrassed in this task that he feels the need to become evil. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I would have just been like, you know, you know, it malfunctioned, I was nervous, so, you know, I said the smell yeah. wrong or whatever. And it would have been, you know, understandable. Right. That doesn't justify but... killing Neville Longbottom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is the, like, oddest and most random thing, like, ever. Like, like, see, if, Neville, if, like, Neville had become evil, it would be understandable, because he's, he's, you know, he's been, like, stepped on and, like, humiliated for so long. Yeah. 
but... I don't know, I still even, I have a hard time even picturing Neville, but I don't know, this is just like one of those things with the alternate reality type of thing that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, yeah. Cedric was like the golden boy, so like, right. you know, been like, you know, I was nervous, the spell went wrong, you know, let's move it, move right. on. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it didn't make any sense. <laughs> no. You just kind of have to just, like, go with it. Like, yeah. But I want to say, yeah. like, the other thing that kind of bothered me was um, alternate reality Hermione. Um, I was really happy with Hermione as Minister for Magic and everything, but, like, when she's Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, she is so... She, oh, my God. Not Hermione. A word that we can't say on the air. <laughs> yeah, let's that. let's not let's not use that word. It's like she becomes the snake of that realm. Yeah, she just oh, yeah. like so like mean and like snappish and like like and a like like a, like a more severe version of McGonagall. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. it kind of made me sad to think that like had she not ended up with because that's kind of what they were implying. Yeah. Had she not ended up with Ron, she would have essentially turned into like a mean, grumpy old woman, and yeah. I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't. It is, it's not like it's not like Hermione. It was, it was like she's a like twenty points from from Gryffindor from for stupidity or something like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. right. I feel like I feel like Hermione was a strong enough character that like, like while I'm sure being with Ron made her happy, like she didn't need Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Ron was the only option to be happy. Well, and that's kind of her last name. Even after she married him, like Rose's yeah. last name is uh, Granger uh, Weasley or Weasley. Hyphenated. Hyphenated. <laughs> but and then the other the other one that really sticks out to me, <laughs> as far as alternate realities go, was Snape. Oh my god, that was yeah. so weird. Was that just me, or did you guys no, like Snape? No, I thought it was so weird. It was like a really strange sort of couple of scenes where it was, I don't know what happens, it's like, is it Albus or Scorpius goes to him and... Scorpius. 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 Yeah, because this is the one where Albus was... Yeah. And then he's just, like, he's really evil him, and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, let's go and, like, meet up with Ron and her <laughs> right. It's basically like, okay, so we're just gonna, you know, take Snape and put him in this alternate reality and not change anything. He's still a double spy. You know, still, he's all, he was still in love with Lily. Yeah. It just felt weird. And, like, part of that, too, I think, was it felt strange to me that Scorpius knew that Snape loved Lily. Like, is this just, like, part of the wizarding yeah. world? Like, everybody yeah. knows I, about I that? So. Common knowledge. Yeah. Well, did Rita Skeeter, like, write a big old book on this and, like, somehow get this out of Harry? I don't know. Like, It wouldn't surprise me. I know for sure that Harry, I think, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, Harry went at lengths to basically, like, let everybody know that Snape was a good guy, working mm-hmm. with the good side. Um, yeah. Apparently, part of convincing the Wizarding World was telling them that Snape had a crush on his mom. I don't know. <laughs> it just... Because it just felt strange to me that Scorpius knew so many intimate and personal details about the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just another one where you just have to kind of go with it. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Half in this book, you kind of had to like be like, okay, that happened. Let's just like move on, like be okay with that. Right. Um, and you know, Michael, you kind of said it like read like fan fiction, right? And I think it's just yeah. kind of all of these weird things contribute to that, and all these tropes and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think as well because I was asking earlier, you've ever like watched the Very Potter musicals on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the plot of the second one is that it's Lucius Malfoy gets the time turner and goes back in time to like stop Voldemort from dying and it's like right. it's almost exactly what happens <laughs> and the funny like, thing is the funny thing is I was trying to like figure out what this play could be about because you know like when everybody saw, saw it for the first time everyone was like yeah the story's kind of out there and I kept yeah. thinking, what could be so out there that has rubbed people the wrong way? And I kept thinking back to Her- a Harry Potter sequel. Yeah. I thought, did did they take a time turner and go back and try to save Voldemort? And that's exactly what it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it just felt the strange. Whole, the whole plot was like, who could have predicted that before like even the play came out? Who could have thought, okay, this is going to be about Voldemort's daughter 
trying to go back in time to stop Cedric Diggory from dying yes. so that <laughs> Voldemort would live or what? Right. And now you mentioned you mentioned Voldemort's daughter, um, Delphi Riddle, I guess is what we can call her. What were your guys' thoughts on that? What the hell? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, even know. I, my first thought was like, yay, Voldemort and Bellatrix, because I love that couple. My second thought was, really? Voldemort had a daughter? <laughs> no, I'll, I just, I went back to thinking, well, didn't, I think as one of the books, I think Harry asked Dumbledore, or Dumbledore tells Harry that, you know, he'd never have the, that Voldemort would never have the capacity to, like, produce, procreate a child or, like, have a family or something along those lines because he was born from a love potion. Or something, something along those. So I was just like, when the hell did this? When, when could have this happened? Like, I'm just trying to think. I was, like, I was trying to wrap my head around it, and I still don't get it. I mean, it was a good try, but <laughs> no. Right. A lot of people seem to think um, it might have happened during Order of the Phoenix. Um, I think did did she not say in the book that she was born? She was born before, before the Battle of Hogwarts. So um, it's like so maybe like just like how she's definitely not pregnant in Deathly Hallows though. No. Yeah, so it's like. But she's not. It feels as if they just kind of threw it in just to have it. Yeah, they. I mean, that was a big loophole because I mean they didn't say you know how old she was, how old Delphi was, you know, because I don't I can't remember how many. Years later, it was like decades later that this book takes that the play takes place in. Yeah, yeah. nineteen. Well, like twenty-three technically. Uh, so, but then if um, I mean, I I just I worked a thirteen-hour shift yesterday, so I'm not good at doing math at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cause, I mean, Deathly Hallows ends with the nineteen years later after the Battle of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you add. So she said she was born before the Order of the Phoenix. She must have had to have been at least two by the Battle of Hogwarts. And then, well, yeah. And then who was taking care of her? I think, I think Voldemort and Bellatrix got together in Order of the Phoenix. I think she must have been born sometime during Half-Blood Prince. Okay, so like a year and a half or about a year. And 19 years later, at the end of Deathly Hallows, and then like the 23 or something odd, Years in the play. Okay, but then where was she all this time? Like she was being yeah. hidden away or something. So I'm just like. I actually looked up the actress who plays Delphi, and the actress is 29. So maybe that gives sort of an idea. 29. I don't know. Well, I'm not good at math. So maybe she's. The, the first play. part of the play takes place in a year from now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then, then all those time jumps, like yeah. time travel, the time jumps of the plot itself. So then there's those years to add onto. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I think we can all agree basically that Delphi is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It was kind of <laughs> Maybe that's all we need to know about Delphi. Just... Yeah. Um, I did want to ask before we moved on kind of winding down a bit um, because we haven't really talked too much about them. What did you guys think of Harry and Draco? (laughs) 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 I think they both definitely changed a lot, which was in some ways good, in some ways bad because obviously they would change because people change as they grow up. But Harry especially was like so different. And yeah. especially when he tells Albus, like, sometimes I wish you weren't my son. Yeah. That was harsh. That, yeah. that, that, was, that was kind of... Yeah, I was... I mean, emotionally, that was a good written scene, but I was just like, what? Yeah. Well, like, it must have gotten back to Harry or something, like, that Albus wasn't the most magical of his kids. Mm-hmm. Like, so... I don't know. That was just kind of like an awful scene to just like read, like no matter what. <laughs> I think for me, for the most part, I liked Harry. Um, 
that was a really harsh scene. One part that I didn't like about him, though, was when he's essentially threatening McGonagall. Oh, and yeah. he's like, if yeah. you don't do what I tell you to do, like, the whole ministry's going to rain down on you. Yeah. That did not was seem like, like ex- Harry. And also, <laughs> no. it didn't seem like McGonagall to be okay with that. Like, I was kind no. of expecting yeah. her to put him in his place, but she didn't. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought. I mean, when, when Jenny tells, and I feel like the way they, I mean, that scene in particular brings out, like, a side of Harry that doesn't seem characteristically like him. Like, when he's just like, because yeah. we know that you know, canonically, he has very, um, he holds McGonagall in a very high place of respect. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, um, excuse you, what do you think you're doing? Like, calm down. <laughs> and then when he snaps at Ginny, he's like, she's all like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, just like, shuts her down. I was like, and Ginny just lets him. I'm like, that doesn't seem like Ginny at all. No. So I was like, yeah. I. I mean, I think we've seen how Harry gets when he's, like, defensive of those he loves, but I think they just kind of twisted it a bit, twisted it a bit in the play, especially during that scene where he just, like, goes off on McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, that's what I was saying. Like, for the most part, I liked Harry a lot, um, but this, like, those couple of scenes, they just fell off as far as yeah. Harry went. And But for the most part, like, I mean, I felt like there was definitely a lot more maturity to his character. And, you know, mm-hmm. after 19 years and everything he's gone through. I mean, when you think about it, 19 years, especially when you include the time jumps, essentially you could fit, like, the seven-book series three times into that. So they've gone yeah. through a lot yeah. Um, yeah. since Deathly Hallows. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was reflected, which I appreciated. He definitely felt more mature for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. And then Draco I was a huge fan of. I don't know about yeah. you guys. I liked how he had that, like, emotional side to him and was able to be like uh and was able to like talk about Astoria and um yeah Scorpius and all the rumors going around. Yeah, I think I feel like it made him more human. I mean, cuz um I mean wait, I might be just overthinking this. I can't remember. But doesn't he I think in the at, towards the beginning of the play he says that, you know, his mother, his his father was kind of like cold and distant to him all the time, and his father had these expectations for him. But his mother was the one who was like, not like sort of like gave him more of like the human emotional aspect when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like saying that because we see the, you know the you know the son Lucius Malfoy raised, but not the son that um I forgot his mom's name. That's <laughs> No, um, Draco's mom. Oh, uh, Narcissa. Narcissa, there you go. So I feel that that was, that was a good, um, background story-ish to Draco. And then, Mm -hmm. which I think led to, you know, his whole emotional opening up about his wife and, you know, how it's taking its toll on Scorpius. Yeah. I think for me, I was just really happy to see, like, the Potters and the Malfoys kind of Turning over a new leaf officially, yeah. really, and yeah. it, it felt very rolling esque, I think, because it just felt like a complete story arc. Yeah. Um, that that felt very good to me. Like that's one mm-hmm. of the high points. The Draco, Draco's little journey was a high point for me yeah. of Cursed Child. So, mm-hmm. um, now my question is like, did Cursed Child have to happen? <laughs> like. And how did it happen? You know, because I was looking at interviews with J.K. Rowling, and she basically, um, at the opening premiere, she told a BBC reporter, Joe, for so long, the message seemed to be from you for fans that after Deathly Hallows, that was it. What yeah. changed your mind? Uh, meeting Sonia Friedman and Jack Thorne and John Tiffany changed my mind, to be honest with you. Um, it wasn't that... I, I did always say never say never. So I had an idea that maybe one day I would do something like this, a theatrical experience. I knew the novels were done in terms of Harry's story, but I, I, I knew there was other material there, and I gave it all to them, and they've done the, the play. What what do you guys think about that? I always kind of thought that the seven books were enough. Like I thought, yeah, the series was perfect as it was, and it ended perfectly. So like I was never really that interested in an eighth book. Like I know a lot of people always say like they're desperate for a new Harry Potter yeah. book. But I always thought, no, it's fine. I don't want another book to come and ruin the series. 
I know people who weren't happy with the ending, so... Like the epilogue, you mean, in Deathly Hallows? Yeah, like, skipping, like, 19 years. So, like, um, maybe this gives it a little more of, like, clarity to people, or, like, a little more, like, okay, this happens, but, um, I, I don't know. I think maybe it should have stayed with seven books and not <laughs> gone to Cursed Child. Hmm. I mean, I like I said, I liked, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the original novels, and I know, um, you know, the book was great the way it ended. I mean, I think uh, the Cursed Child is kind of just like an add-on, like an addition, like it's not required reading, you know, you know, the world's, I mean, they still have like a more or less happy ending, both uh, Deathly Hallows and Cursed Child. I just feel like this is sort of like, um, like one of those TV specials where they're like, oh, you know, you have like your favorite actor, your favorite celebrity, and they're like, oh, like, oh, where are they now kind of like special. Yeah. I think that's sort of what uh, Cursed Child is like. Yeah. But, um, I put, in my review of it, I put that like, when it comes down to it, I don't think I'll ever consider Cursed Child like as a part of the main series. Yeah, I don't know. I don't consider it that. I, you know, it's just like, like in addition to it, like, like you can read it if you want. You know, it's not going to change your perspective of, or it's not going to change anything from the original novels. And I think that was the biggest issue, the fact that the media or the that the this book itself was um, promoted as you know the eighth Harry Potter novel when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I really had a problem with. I had a, like, I don't know. People were just like, it's the eighth Harry Potter book. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's, it's and people saying, you know, I, you know, I, I, I saw like Twitter reviews and people on Tumblr saying, you know, you know, I hate this. I feel uh, betrayed. They said this was a novel. It's like, no, nobody said it was a novel. Like you're letting yourself be brainwashed by the media that it's an eighth Harry Potter book. The author has said it's not. You know, the the, the book says it's a script. Like, right. I mean, I think the marketing called it a story, right? And yeah. And and it really, at least for me in my mind, I do consider it as the eighth installment of the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Like, I I just me, I have to because it's canon. Yeah. Um, and it is what happens next. And as far as like. What am I even trying to say right now? I don't know. Like, I, I guess time will tell how, like, how I view this in my mind. I definitely for sure view it as the eighth installment of yeah, the series. An individual thing. Because I don't, I don't, I see it, like, sort of like, uh, like Fantastic Beasts. It's not, like, another Harry Potter novel. It's just part of the Harry Potter world. Right. Yeah. Because I am, I mean, all... 99, like 100% of the marketing and promotions that I saw for Chris Child said the eighth Harry Potter novel, the eighth Harry Potter story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those exact words. And yeah. I think that was the biggest, um, I'm like, it was so misleading. And I, I was like, I'm like, it's not, you know, yeah. it's not that. And I feel like that's why it's gotten such a, uh, I backlash. Mean, such a, yeah, backlash. I mean, aside from, uh, like, the plot aside. People were like, it was so short. It was because it's not meant to be read. It's meant to be seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what a play is. You're not meant to read the script. You're meant to see the actual yeah. play. And I think people like, sort of like went in, and it, it's. I mean, somebody wrote this on Twitter, I think, and they're like, you know, I feel like somebody did not, and you know, people didn't enjoy the book because, you know, your imagination was so set on it being a continuation of the novel that your imagination just kind of like did it move forward? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I read the book and I just, you know, saw the characters um, in my own mind, like, yeah, you know, Hermione, uh, Rose was black. Because I, you know, that was kind of like because of the play. Mm-hmm. That was like unconscious. But otherwise, you know, I saw, like, my version, like my mini movie version of the play in my head I, as I was reading the book. Yeah, I, I had no problem visualizing it as I was reading it. And I do hope to see the play someday, of course. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I think and that kind of brings me to one of my other points. Do you guys, because J.K. Rowling said that this had to be a play. That She said that Cursed Child was meant for the stage. And having read only the script, not seeing it, I kind of disagree. Like, I feel like a novel treatment would have actually maybe done this better. Yeah. 
Yeah, do, do, do you guys think it could have done better as a novel, or do you think the stage is where it should be? Yeah. Um, maybe you'd get more like information. You'd get more um. More backstory. Yeah, you'd get more backstory with. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, like maybe we would have even gotten to know who Craig was because that guy Craig. Yeah, I was like, like, Craig again? <laughs> I had to go back and I'm like, who is this Craig character? I feel like he might have been like a third, like a slightly oh, yeah. awkward member of the trio. But I mean, I remember seeing the name pop up, but I'm just like. Why did poor Craig die, you know? <laughs> All I know about Craig is that he was a good boy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The natural line in the, the speech that Hermione gives is like, if a full sense is, okay, we need I to... Feel, I feel like that was very general, like, very non-Hermione-ish. Like, you know, he was a very good boy. Like, it's just like a dog. Yeah. But see, that's the type of thing I think, like, it would have helped had it been a novel, because maybe we would have had more time to get to know mm-hmm. Craig and... He wouldn't have just been some random kid who died. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, I even, know. that's another thing. I, mean, being a I think Delphi could have been fleshed out a bit more too had it been a novel yeah. as well. Yeah. Maybe the, I, I think if it had been a novel, you know, the loopholes would have been, you know, fixed. You know, we've gotten more, you know, detail, more backstory, um, more background info on all of these characters and the situations and how they got there. That you know, maybe it wouldn't have read as fan fiction to some fans. I didn't feel like it was fan fiction, not to me, yeah. but maybe because I've never read Harry Potter fic fanfic, so... <laughs> but, um... I don't know, I feel like, you know, I guess it could have been a novel, but... I feel like if it was a novel, it'd be catering to those people who just don't... Yeah. Like... Yeah. want to see the, the script as what it is. It's a script, and it, you know, it's meant to be seen and not read. I think eventually, mm-hmm. like, even if it was a novel or a play, you get to a certain point where if, um, like, you write so many novels, you're going to be disappointed with, um, yeah. with like, the ending or there's only so many novels a story can go on before the book is disappointing to people. Right. Yeah. And I feel like people just, it was, I mean, I feel like if J.K. did write another book, it wouldn't be as good as the original novels because it would be, you know, not because she wanted to write it, but because fans keep demanding yeah. a, another novel. Right. I mean, I I mean, I mean, know that the only thing that I want from J.K. Rowling, other than, you know, like, to meet her or whatnot, is for her, like, a multi-volume encyclopedia of the Harry Potter world. <laughs> yes, yes. Very much. Because, I mean, it's right. not like she's not, it's not like she has to write it because she already has it written down. It's not, not like she has to, like, think up of another story. Yeah. But, um, like a physical version of Pottermore. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll come someday. Someday. <laughs> but, so, yeah. Like, that's I think, the only thing I want. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me was I was just kind of surprised it happened in the first place. Um, yeah. She's very protective about this world and just kind of. I'm surprised that she even allowed somebody else to come in and sort of add to it. Yeah. But she um, approved it. Didn't yeah, she approved it. Exactly. That's what I think. I'm surprised that she approved it. But now she said Harry's done. So, like, now yeah. you kind of have to be okay Maybe. with the fact that Harry, there's going to be no more Harry Potter. And right. I feel like, I, I think maybe she might have done Cursed Child because people kept demanding you know, what happens afterwards. And, you know, now she did it and people are, you know, losing their minds because they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she did and say I, this. She did say this to the BBC uh, reporter as well. You know, she said, I did always say never say never. And yeah. I had an idea maybe one day I would do something like this, you know. So I guess it happened. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're going to have to start winding down, um, wrapping up. But I think just from what I'm getting from everything we've discussed, we liked it. We had our issues with it. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. a lot of the fandom is there. I, well, I don't know really. If, I, it's hard I, to tell if a lot of the fandom, if most of the fandom liked it or didn't like it. Um, I think it's safe to say that the fandom is conflicted, though. I have a question. Actually. Go ahead. Was Hagrid ever mentioned in the sort of present-day narrative of this book? I don't no. think so. Is he dead? In the past. 
I hope not. Because it feels like it feels he's very suspiciously absent. That's what I thought a lot. Like when he shows up at the end, I was like, oh yeah, where's he been? Right. Well, how is McGonagall? McGonagall still. Yeah, I was gonna say McGonagall was you know kind of old in 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 all the novels. She's still alive like thirty years later. Yeah. You'd think that like Harry would have went to Hagrid when like Albus is having sort of like problems. You'd think yeah. he would go to Hagrid and say, "Can you watch after Albus like you watched after me?" But like he's just not there. Right. <laughs> she says. That, she says that Harry's story is done. She doesn't say that Hagrid's is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's true. That's true. Very much. Well, I think, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap up there because we could go on and on That's about. That's a great this point, Michael. What happened to Hagrid? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's but, trend uh, yeah. Get it trending. Hashtag where's Hagrid? Yeah. <laughs> we need that. We need yeah, that. Yeah, let me just go on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna wrap it up there so we don't go too over time with this. Um obviously there's a lot more we can talk about Chris Childwise. There's a lot more we could talk about young adult book wise as well. And um we didn't get to any news in this episode because we wanted to talk about Chris Child. But um, in our next episode, <laughs> oh my god, we are for sure going to be talking about Divergent. Um, there has been so <laughs> much drama with Divergent. Um, and I mean, it's pretty crazy. And hopefully by then we'll know more when we actually do record next next time. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have like an actual statement from Veronica Roth. I don't know. Instead of just like a. a yeah. A strange uh, gif of yep. Dumbledore shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> we we talk about Divergent maybe you should write so a much. Sorry, what yeah. was that? You should probably post like I, I give it a couple of weeks until she posts and uh, something on Tumblr about it. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know yet. That might be next month, or maybe we'll do something this month. I don't know. Um, but we will talk about Divergent. I felt like I had to mention that because we have talked at length already about Divergent on this show. Um, and so, yeah, and for those of you who don't know, very, very briefly, basically, it looks like the last Divergent movie isn't going to be made, and they might be adapting it in some way for television. Um, It's not going to be be for the movie theaters, they're making it into a TV movie, and a TV movie will spring off the series. Or they, they just came out yesterday that they might be turning the last movie into the TV show. Oh, God. Yeah. How do you ruin that even so, like <laughs> Yeah, anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there right now. Um if no. you're listening and you wanna know more, I believe Addie's been keeping up with it on the website. Yeah, so, yeah, the uh the article should be up today. Yeah, so go to bookstack.com. It'll probably be on the front page or just you know, go to popular books divergent. Um you can read all about the crazy drama that has been going on with the divergent series. And yeah. next time we we're back, we're gonna we're gonna address that. Um, so anyway, we're going to go ahead and end it there. Um, last few things, follow us on Twitter, at Bookstacked. Um, you can also look for Bookstacked on Facebook, and we are on Instagram as well. Everybody posts these really nice photos, and I'm just, like, really, like, surprised at how great everybody is at taking pictures of books. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there could be so many ways you could take pictures of books. I was thinking, like, we just post a picture of a book, but no, everybody's been super creative, so... Hats off to the Bookstack team um, for the Instagram account. So, yeah. My embarrassing Cassandra Clare picture. And you can see <laughs> Michael's embarrassing Cassandra Clare picture. It's there. Still cringe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for being with us today. And if you have anything you want to contribute to this discussion, be sure to go on bookmarkedshow.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message, um, and we might read it on the air, or even leave a comment um, on bookstacked.com. Last thing, um, I kind of want to do this to be nice, because like I mentioned, we had tried to record an episode beforehand with my friend. Um, Her name is Alexis, and I just felt kind of bad that it didn't come out, even though we spent the time to do that. She actually just launched her own Harry Potter podcast. 
Um, oh. And she is talking at length about Cursed Child. I was there when she was planning out her Cursed Child episodes. She's going into detail a lot more than we're going to. So if you really want to dive more into Harry Potter and the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I'm just going to go out there and recommend that you go check out her podcast. It's called Newtcast, like Newt Scamander. <laughs> so um, I think the first episode's out already, and I think in the next week the Cursed Child episodes are going to be rolling out. But anyway, it's Newtcast, newtcast.com. And yeah, maybe go give that a listen if you're really into Harry Potter. So just going to throw that out there. Awesome. Um, so thanks for being with us again, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.